Minimalism is the movement that encourages you to live with less. Less stuff, less possessions, less clutter, and find more joy and more time to focus on what matters. So what is minimalish? It's the grace-filled way of doing the same thing. Sustainable, realistic minimalism that actually makes sense for your life. The Minimalish Podcast is here to help you make life lighter realistically. I'm your host, Desiree, and my passion is to help you create room for what matters to you by cutting the clutter and excess stuff in your home and your life. It's not just about decluttering and having a tidy home, but about how having less stuff will give you more time and more space to focus on creating the life you actually want to live. We'll talk about topics of minimalism, motherhood, simple, intentional living, and everything in between here on the show each week. Let's walk towards simple together. Hey friend, just popping in before this episode starts to let you know that this episode looks a little different than the more recent episodes of Minimalish. In the beginning, my husband and I started this podcast together as the Minimalist Family Podcast, and it's gone through a few changes along the way. I kept these episodes here because I still believe they are really foundational to explain the minimalism journey my family and I have been on, and they align with what my what Minimalish is all about. It's also pretty fun to have these early episodes on here where my husband and I are both sharing our thoughts on minimalism because, as his wife, his opinions and views on the topic are important to me. All right, that's enough explanation from me. Let's get to the episode. I hope you enjoy it. Welcome to the Minimalist Family Podcast. This is episode eight, and we are talking about gratitude practices. Well, actually, I'm talking about gratitude practices because Nick is not here with me today. Um, I am recording at a time when he's just not able to record with me, and things have gotten busy, so again, I am here solo. So that will happen every once in a while, or... I will welcome on a guest, So, um, but usually on this podcast, on an average episode, if you haven't listened before, you will hear my husband and I talk about how we adopt minimalism, practi- minimalist practices um, into our family life. That's just a quick spiel if you haven't listened before. If you have been listening and if you've been a regular listener and you're enjoying it, we would love to see feedback from you. We'd love to see... Um, a rating and a review that would help us so much, especially on iTunes, get the word out about our podcast. So I usually take the episodes where I'm solo as an opportunity to talk about something that I've been thinking about um, personally about minimalism or something that's just been on my heart, something that I'm passionate about. And today I'm going to actually start a little series that is going to be about four weeks Um, And it's going to be on the heart behind minimalism. I'm calling the series The Heart of Minimalism, and it's going to be four parts, four episodes, and Nick will be with me for the other ones, and I'm going to have a guest on for one of them as well. So don't worry, you're not just stuck with me for all of these episodes. Um, But lately I've been feeling at times burdened by minimalism. So that's where this is coming from. And what I mean by that is, I start to think about minimalism as a standard to live up to instead of a way of life that is supposed to make my life easier and more joyful um, and is supposed to help me focus on the important things. So I start to think of it as like a list of rules or standards that 
I'm supposed to live up to. And I think on our sixth episode, we talked about the idea of does minimalism have roles? So you can head back there to the end of the episode because it was a listener question. But basically, I've been burdened by this idea that minimalism is a standard to live up to. It's a clean, perfectly decluttered home at all times. Um, And that's not true, but that's where my brain goes, especially when our home is not in the most perfect condition, especially when things have gotten a little out of hand and we've gathered a little bit too much stuff, welcomed a little bit too much stuff into our home because, yes, that still happens. People still bring gifts. People still bring stuff over to our home. We still, like end up inheriting things. Um, and you know, there is the life gets busy and we don't have the time to declutter right away. So that's kind of where we've gotten to. And this weekend we took a lot of good time to sort of declutter and, you know, find some balance and we're still in the middle of that. But basically when I get, when we get to that point and when our home is not perfectly clean, which is like Every day because Gemma makes a mess. Um, Even though she doesn't have a lot of toys, it doesn't matter. She still makes a mess because she's a baby. But I feel like a bad minimalist at those times. And I say that with air quotes because that's not really a thing, right? Like it's just, it's not a standard to live up to. It's not a list of roles. And when we treat it like that, which I think a lot of people do, when we treat it like that and when we kind of like brag about like, oh, how minimal my home is, um it becomes almost legalistic. It becomes something that sucks the joy out of life, basically. It steals your joy instead of actually bringing joy. So I'm doing this series to get back to the heart of what minimalism is about, what I want it to be about for us, for our family, for myself. And here's what I'm reminding myself. Minimalism is about more than just the amount of stuff in your home. So it's about more than having that perfectly clean home. It's about more than having like, oh, I have a great capsule wardrobe for the fall. It's about more than having like, I only have four plates in my cupboard because I only have four family members that live in my house. It's about more than those standards. And, you know, it's about more than counting things. So I want to encourage you with this episode and with this series that Minimalism itself is not going to make your house perfectly clean by any means, especially if you have kids that constantly make messes in your life. Um, It's not going to innately make you happy. It's not going to just because you've like decluttered your home and gotten rid of stuff. It's not going to keep your house perfectly clean. Um, What it is going to do is it's going to lower your stress levels like if you allow it to, if you really practice it and live it out in your everyday, like it is going to lower your stress and anxiety levels. It's going to lower the amount of time you need to spend on your house, but that doesn't mean it's going to fix everything. But what it is going to do, if you look at it as the mindset shift and the life shift, then it is going to change those like true inner things, like your happiness and your joy But you have to look at the mindset side of it. You have to look at the heart of it. So I hope that's making sense. The part of minimalism that is striking to me and that drew drew me to it in the first place is that it's about the mindset around material things in our lives. So it's not just around like, oh, I have less stuff. It's about like that actual mindset around material stuff. It's about stuff not controlling us. 
It's about shifting our focus from material things and to the important things in our lives, which are the people or like the passions in our lives. So I think at the heart of minimalism, if we do it right, there is a heart of gratitude. And that is my focus today is the heart of minimalism part one. This first episode in this short series is looking at gratitude practices and a heart of gratitude. And I'm just going to discuss like what that looks like and three tips to kind of adopt gratitude practices into your life and to establish a heart of gratitude. So living from a place of gratitude will certainly make you a happier person. There's actually research behind that, and I'm going to add some articles to the show notes that you can look at a little bit more. But Nick and I happen to be personally of the Christian faith, and we believe that gratitude is an integral integral part of our faith. Um, It's something we're commanded to do within the Christian faith. But no matter your faith, living a life full of gratitude is a place to start when you're wanting to embrace life and enjoy like your actual life, like like your life more. So how do we get to that point? How do we get away from looking at our life and seeing all that's wrong with it to looking at our lives and by default being grateful for it? Well, first, I don't really think that our human nature for most of us puts us in a place where we are like by default grateful. It's something that we have to work at. So my first tip is that you need to practice gratitude daily and kind of all my tips run underneath that, like that blanket statement. You need to practice gratitude daily, but my first tip is doing that through writing a gratitude list. So when I first started writing gratitude lists, it was like a few years ago, and I would just write three things. They would be like, and I would feel like every day I'd have to write, like, I'm grateful for Nick. I'm grateful for my family. I'm grateful for my house or like big things like that, because every day I'm grateful for those things. So why wouldn't that? Those things are at the top of my list literally every day. So I don't really know. Like, I just felt like, okay, well, I'm just writing the same things every day. But I suggest getting super specific with what you are grateful for within that day. Like, it's obvious that you are grateful for your family and your people. Um, But what about them in that specific day are you grateful for? Like, what circumstances are you thankful for in that day? Even if at the end of the day you got nothing done that you'd planned, you're feeling overwhelmed, whatever, you dig down for the good stuff. What was the good stuff that happened in that day? And honestly, like, I kind of wrote this all up earlier today and brainstormed this whole thing, and I was really feeling good about it. And then I just got to this point in my day, like, as soon as Nick got home from work, because I knew he'd have to go back out, and he had some other things he had to do tonight, and I just got to this point where I was like, I feel like I get, like, I get so much done, but I have so much more to do on my list. Like, and I'm just going through this whole adjustment of being um, a stay-at-home mom right now, I'm like, how? How does this happen? I still feel like so burdened by all the things I need to do. And I got in such a down place about it. But I dug for gratitude and to snap myself out of it. And that's what really does work in those moments is to think of what are the things that if like it's sad and scary to think about. But like if I didn't have these things, 
like tomorrow, what are the things I would miss so much and look at and say like that day, I wish for that day. Like I wish for the day, the moment where I was feeling down and discouraged because in that moment I had these things. I hope that makes sense. Um, so today specifically, like Gemma played independently while I cleaned my bathroom today. That was a real thing. Like that was something that I was grateful for, that I am grateful for that happened because I needed to clean my bathroom and I didn't have to do it during nap time and take away from like my precious work time. So I'm grateful. Like even though cleaning my bathroom is not something I like to do, don't like to do it at all. I don't like cleaning. Like this is real. I do not like cleaning. If I could have a housekeeper, I would take it any day. But <laughs> I, I don't like these tasks but when I look at the gratitude side of it, I am thankful I have a family that I can serve through those mundane tasks. I'm grateful that I can be home right now to have the time to do those things, even though it doesn't really feel like I have that time. Like I do more than anyone else in my family have the time to do those tasks. And I'm grateful for that. Like thinking through the things that are maybe making us upset or making us feel overwhelmed and thinking of them through that stance of gratitude. Um, and looking at the other side of it, like what, what are we grateful for, um, about this thing, even though we don't necessarily love it? Like, what can we be grateful for that deals with this thing, whatever it is that's making you overwhelmed? So I could either choose to be overwhelmed by the fact that I need to keep up with my house and I need to take care of it daily, though minimalism does help me with the taking care of it part. Or I could be grateful that I'm home and I get to be home with Gemma so I can find the time to take care of this stuff. So with all that said, I know I got like really personal there, but I wanted to give you a clear example of what I meant, like with the specifics and what I meant by using a gratitude list to like look at the, the good side, the side that you were thankful for of those mundane tasks, of the hard things, of the things that overwhelm you. Um, so simply just... To practice this, grab a journal, keep a list of three or more specific things each day that you're grateful for. Find a time to do that. Hey there, I'm just cutting in real quick to tell you about a resource I created for you if you're wanting to get started with a minimalist lifestyle. It's a minimalist startup guide that will help you in taking the first steps to not only a minimalist home, but a minimalist life in general. I talk about places to start in your home with decluttering, seven quick decluttering projects you can take on while your kids are napping, and tips on simplifying your life, not just your stuff. This resource is geared towards women and moms, as much of my content is on my blog, simplejoyfulwell.com, but I believe it could help anyone wanting to get started with minimalism. Check it out in the show notes or at simplejoyfulwell.com slash minimalist startup. That's simplejoyfulwell.com slash minimalist startup. All right, back to the show. And my second tip is kind of going along with finding the time to do that. And that is live in a place of gratitude by starting with gratitude in the morning. So I can't say I do this every single day, but like with Nick and I's faith, as I mentioned, when I start the morning with prayer, I start the morning with gratitude because usually I start my prayers with like praying gratitude. Um, so if I'm praying daily, I don't find myself in a place where I can feel completely overwhelmed or ungrateful all day. Like, yes, I get into these moments where I get down, but I can snap myself out of it. It just doesn't happen that I can get completely down because I'm starting my day in a place of gratitude. So whatever that looks like for you, 
starting the day with a bit of silent meditation, maybe meditating on good things, thinking of what is good in your life to start out your day, or just literally taking like five to 10 minutes in your morning to make that gratitude list that I just talked about, whatever. The key, the point is, instead of waking up overwhelmed with what the day holds, wake up even just a few minutes earlier than normal to make sure that you're intentionally starting your day with gratitude. And the third thing is to be in community. So I find I can't be super discouraged or ungrateful with what I have if I'm surrounding myself with the people that I tr- that I love. And and if I'm surrounding myself with like positive friends and positive community. So I can vent about things that I'm overwhelmed by. Um, I can I can be real and be upset about those things to my close friends, to my close family. But in the end, we encourage one another. And if you spend time in community with the people that you love, you're going to feel more grateful for those people anyways. And your people, whoever they are, are probably the best thing in your life. So spending more time with them is going to make you more grateful. When you get too busy to spend time with your friends or family and to prioritize them, you know, that is a quick way to put yourself in a bad position. I don't think we're meant to do life alone. I think we are meant to be surrounded by community. Um, So when we're not living the way we're meant to, surrounded by people, surrounded by community, I think it it can go downhill really quickly. We can get to that point where we're just like grasping to rules, to things, to, you know, if it's not things, if you are a minimalist, that you're just grasping to like, how can I be a better minimalist? How can I get rid of more things like to make me happy? Like, no, that's not what's going to make you happy. Being surrounded in community you know, being encouraged by one another. That is the place we are supposed to find ourselves in. Um, So find that however you can, prioritize that however you can. When I do, I know that I'm such a better person for it. So those are my three reasons. They're pretty simple, but I do think that they relate to minimalism in a big way. And I know that like those three tips maybe don't seem like they go hand in hand with minimalism, but When it comes to minimalism and gratitude, I like to think of my why as living with less stuff and more joy. So my reason for being a minimalist is I believe that if we focus on stuff, like it it steals our joy, it steals our time away, and we just will keep searching and searching for more satisfaction by buying more stuff, collecting more stuff, whatever. So when it comes to relating this practice of gratitude to minimalism, It comes down to the why behind minimalism, or like I've been saying with the title of this series, the heart of minimalism. And I like to think of my why as living with less stuff and more joy. So I want to have less, and because I have less stuff, I'm able to have more time and just more of myself available to focus on the things in life that bring me joy, so the people Um, the passions in my life that I have. And whenever you are living with a focus on material things, oftentimes you are looking for satisfaction in those things. And so you're looking to things to fulfill you, to bring you joy. And that just leads to buying more things and more things because it's never really going to fulfill you or bring you joy. 
So with all of that said, I believe that the mindset of being grateful for what you have and not always looking towards what you don't have and wanting to accumulate more to fulfill you, that's totally the heart of minimalism. What will fulfill your life? Looking around you, living the way you were meant to live in community from a place of gratefulness, living out of a place of gratefulness for what you have, um, for the people that you've been given to do life with. So that's why I think gratitude practices are super important um, and are part of the heart behind minimalism. It's not all about like counting your things and you know, the amount of stuff that you have in your home or how perfectly clean and decluttered your home is. Yes, decluttering is a huge part of it and having less stuff is a huge part of it, but also there's a whole intentional living side. And to me, that that's the real appeal because that's like the real life-changing stuff. So with that said, let's talk about a listener question quickly this week on my Instagram. So not the Minimalist Family podcast Instagram, but my personal one, which is just Desiree Andries, and I will link it in my in the show notes. Um, but on my personal Instagram, I did a quick little four days of minimalist living tips. And one day I talked about kitchen storage and like kitchen power cleaning, basically. And I had a listener of the podcast ask, what do you do if you have like no storage in your kitchen? Because my tip was to get everything off of your countertops. So um, like live a life with clear countertops as much as you possibly can. And she asked, how do you do that if you have very little storage in your kitchen? And it's funny because I totally can relate. We can totally relate because we have zero storage in our kitchen. Like we have one lower cabinet, that's it. And our upper cabinets, it's just not a good situation. It's not a good storage situation. Um, so just some quick tips on that. If you have a small kitchen, some small kitchen storage tips. First of all, I believe it was our third episode. We talk about this a little more in depth, but I'm just going to go through my main ones. First thing is to hang things on the wall if you can. So we have like a little spice rack that we hang and we also have our pots and pans hanging on the wall and we have minimal pots and pans. Like we have, I think five hanging on the wall and we have one under our cabinet and that one lower cabinet I was talking about. So that's my first tip is to hang things as much as possible. Um, we also have a hanging shelf where we store some nice looking mugs. My second tip is to find storage for your kitchen somewhere else. So we have two different places. We have we do have a really nice basement that has really great storage that I'm super thankful for because, I mean, we do need to store some things. We have a baby. We'll probably have another baby in the future, and we don't want to get rid of, like, all the baby things and then have to rebuy them. So that's off topic. But in our basement, we have a one shelf of kitchen storage of things that are important, like extra plates to when we are entertaining and hosting that we don't want to use on the everyday. So we have some kitchen storage down there. And we also have a little area like in our dining room, kind of like a buffet, I guess you would say. Um, but it's not, it's just like a little Ikea square. Um, I forget what it's called, but one of the Ikea square 
cubby shelving units. And in there, we store coffee stuff. We store Gemma's kitchen things that she needs. Um, we store snacks and we store um, like our blender. So things that we need in the everyday, we have not in our kitchen because there's not good storage there, but we have it right outside of our kitchen in our dining area. So find storage elsewhere if you can in your house. That's my second tip. So my third tip is some kind of kitchen cart is an awesome addition to like a super small kitchen. Even if you have to put it outside of your kitchen, like in your dining room, I don't know how your house is set up, but um, it has been super helpful for us. We're able to have a small microwave on that cart so that we don't have to have a microwave taking up all our counter space. Um, and it's also just like great added countertop space as well. So those are my three tips. Hope that helps for super small kitchen storage. That is somewhat unrelated to the topic of this podcast, but it's just a listener question. And I mean, I'm grateful for the ways that I've been able to figure out life in my small kitchen. Cause I will admit, I did not feel grateful for that kitchen when we first moved into this house, but now I do, I do enjoy the kitchen. So anyways, that's all I got for you today before I go off topic in another weird way. Um, I hope that you enjoyed this episode. I hope this kind of heart behind minimalism is something that speaks to you and I hope that you continue to listen along as we continue this series. Um, and I hope you have a great week. We will talk to you next time. This has been an episode of the Minimalist Family Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, go ahead and hit the subscribe button. And if you're loving the podcast, leave us a review on iTunes. It will definitely help us get the word out and help other people discover our podcast. Even better, go ahead and share this with a friend that you know will love it too. We hope to see you back here next week. Until then, cheers to living with less stuff and more joy. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. 
With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.